Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. How is everyone doing? How's everyone doing tonight? I'm back in San Francisco. If you didn't know my schedule, I'm back in San Francisco. I got back in last night, so here I am. Been right. <laughs> Andrew, been robbed yet. Hasn't even been, well, it's been a little over 24 hours. So no, I haven't. You know, I carry mace here, wherever I go. So that's, uh, you know, something I do. So I don't get robbed. You know, they'll try to snort mace. Is that the new, is that going to be the new drug, Andrew? Mace? Snorting mace? Who knows? Who knows? Someone put up a video Actually, uh, someone on uh, Twitter who posts a lot of San Francisco stuff posted a video of uh, some guy bent over in some kind of an odd position, wondering what kind of a drug, <laughs> what kind of a drug they were on. It's all right, Andrew. You can troll. You can. You can. You're not really trolling. You're actually. This is truth. This is truth about San Francisco. You have to worry about getting robbed all the time. You have to worry about getting looted if you have a store all the time. I mean, these are worries many stores have, which is why they close, which is why they go away. Just the way people go away, right? People leave because they're tired of being robbed and they're tired of being, you know, uh, in a position where they don't feel safe, right? They just don't feel safe. So I'm back here in San Francisco. So we're back to our usual airtime of 11 p.m., Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. I'm a little bit of jet lag. I couldn't do the show yesterday because I traveled all day. And that coast-to-coast flight really screws me up. And I'm I'm jet lagged. I'll be jet lagged for a week, you know. Um, But I'll I'll, I'll soldier through. I'll soldier through. You know, it's interesting being outside of San Francisco. And I, I talk to people when I come back here and I say, you don't realize what a shitty reputation San Francisco has around the country, right? And this is just not just in Democrat cities. It's not just in uh, in blue states. It's in it's in I should say it's not just in red states. It's not just in in red states. It's in blue states too, right? Um, everyone's like, why do you live in San Francisco? How could you possibly live in San Francisco? They don't understand how the press that San Francisco gets is now like all over the country. Right, all over the country. I mean, there was a time, a, a, a huge period of time, where you wouldn't even hear about San Francisco around the country. There'd be no stories about San Francisco. Um, you didn't know who the mayor of San Francisco was if you lived in Chicago or if you lived in New York, within Miami or Phoenix. Now, everyone knows London Breed, but not for the best reasons, only for the worst reasons. Okay? So, um, you know, and and London Breed is is a moron. She is. She's a uniquely San Francisco invention. A uniquely San Francisco invention. Now, what I mean by invention, I mean someone like that could not become mayor of any other city in this country. I'm including deep blue cities, very progressive cities. Someone like London Breed could not. Because any voter who cares about substance, uh, who cares about intelligence, cares about 
IQ would never elect someone like that. Never. But we're living in a city here in San Francisco where when you check off all those boxes, all those uh, virtue signaling, you know, the uh, um, boxes that Democrats love, that liberals love these days, illiberals love these days, um, the identity politics boxes, she's got them, right? Like Kamala Harris has got them. And uh, it's that's all they care about. That's all they care about. Believe me, there's so many people in this city who basically brag, probably to other people they know around the country, that they voted for the black woman. They have a black woman as mayor. They're very proud of that, very proud of having a young black woman as mayor. <clears throat> and that's all they really care about. Don't let them bullshit you that they care about issues, that issues matter, that homelessness matters, that crime matters. If all these things matter, there'd be a different mayor. So recently, I think I mentioned this earlier in the week, Ron DeSantis did a stand-up. Evidently, he came to San Francisco. It was a clandestine mission because no one knew he was coming. And it looks like maybe very early in the morning, shortly after sunrise, maybe six, seven o'clock in the morning, he stood on the corner, which is about five blocks from my apartment. It's the corner of uh, some investigation done by some people on Twitter and told to Stanley Roberts, a local journalist, um, was the corner of Geary and Hyde, which is literally like five blocks from my apartment. And it's a corner I don't really go by much. But, you know, you saw if you saw the shot of Ron DeSantis, there was like graffiti right on a wall and then garbage behind him. And so that's the corner of Geary and Hyde. So they, they found out, doing some investigation, the corner he was standing on. Um, and that's a corner where you don't have to, he didn't need any green screen. He didn't, you know, this, these conspiracy theories that there's a green screen or props are brought in. No, I don't think people understand. Many streets on San Francisco look like that. Graffiti, tents, garbage on the streets, right? Um, and so he stood there for a minute and did this little stand up and he talked about how San Francisco was a <clears throat> once great city. And look at what the Democrats, the progressives, the liberals have done to it. And we need a president who's going to help bring back our American cities, such as San Francisco. He just used San Francisco as a example because it's so bad, because it's the worst of the worst. He could have gone to Chicago. He could have gone to New York. He could have gone to a lot of cities, Baltimore, Philadelphia, many of them. But he came to San Francisco because, because San Francisco is the worst of the worst and getting the press now about being really bad, right? And he wanted to make the point that the president is the president of all cities, not just red cities, but the president can help bring back these blue cities as well. And he's running for president. So that's why he did it. So it made the liberals go nuts. Now, that's reason enough to do it. I'm glad he did it. Because it made the liberals go insane that Ron DeSantis dare step in their city and show it for what it is. So they interviewed Mayor London Breed recently. And this is going all around Twitter, where she was complaining that what Ron DeSantis spoke about 
is just a snapshot of the city. It doesn't tell the whole story. She actually said that people doing drugs in the streets openly, bent over in the fentanyl bend, um, tents all over the place, people pissing and shitting in the streets is simply a snapshot, a snapshot of the city. First of all, it's not a snapshot. As someone so aptly put it, it's the entire film. It's not just a trailer. It's the entire film. But what she couldn't do, even though she moronically and idiotically called it a snapshot of her city, as though that is an excuse, um, what she couldn't do is refute anything that DeSantis said, that it was once a great city and it's gone downhill. You couldn't refute any of that with crime homelessness, dirtiness, all that stuff. So Ron DeSantis once again told the truth, and it drove liberals crazy. Him telling the truth drives liberals insane. But what will happen, because the people in the city are such idiots, and they bring on their own demise, unfortunately, of course, the demise of the rest of us, but... Those of us who really hate it here will leave. We'll get out, hopefully alive. No guarantees, but hopefully. But what it will do is this will be what what this mayor is trying to do is use this as a clarion call. Look at what Ron DeSantis did. Let's show him, right? Horrible Ron. Let's make this about how horrible Ron DeSantis is, not the truth he told about the city and the state of the city. And the morons here will buy that. Just like they bought London Breed's excuse that the reason why San Francisco has a bad reputation is because Donald Trump called it a dump. That's why. It's not that it's the dump. It's because Donald Trump called it what it is, right? So in this regard, both Trump and DeSantis both told the same truth about San Francisco, which is that it's a total shithole. It is. And the people here can't deny it. Look, the, the politicians can't deny it. The citizens can't deny it. This snapshot bullshit is garbage. It's all over the city. And um, proof of that is if it was just in a very small part of the city, it wouldn't be a big deal. And that would be very easy to clean up, right? But it's all over the city. And the homeless, the drug addicts, the drug dealers have taken over the city, which is, makes it more difficult to get rid of them. Right, because it's just like an infestation. Like you get a little infestation, maybe of bugs, and it's so easy if it's a small little infestation to get the you know the uh, exterminator out and take care of the infestation. But this infestation is like all over the place. So when you have the bugs, we have this roach. Let's let's look at let's look at this as let's look at the roaches. Let's compare the homelessness and all that to roaches. And so when it's a small infestation, it's easy to get rid of it, right? Just exterminate it. But when it's all over the place, when it starts spreading, it becomes more difficult to get the exterminator out, right? Eventually, the exterminators would say, nothing I can do about this, you know. So she's full of shit. She's totally full of shit. And once again, she can't refute Anything Ron DeSantis said, it was a total truth. And it was very smart of him to do that because it would make the liberals go crazy that Ron DeSantis there. And look, he did it, in the, like I said, in such a secretive manner. 
no one even knew he was here. So they were here, they did their thing, and they left. No one even knew that he was here until they released the video, which is pretty brilliant. It really is. Um, but once again, the, the people in this city are so dumb, so stupid, that they'll actually believe that the story here is that Ron DeSantis dare step on San Francisco soil, soil and tell the truth about the city. That's the story. And so this is why I talk about things never changing here, that things can never change and never will change here. Because as long as people like London Breed are elected, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. And she's just the latest in a long line of worthless politicians, right? You can probably go back. I mean, you can go back all the way to Gavin Newsom, right? Willie Brown, right? Willie Brown, Gavin Newsom, Ed Lee, London Breed. It's a long line of worthless leaders. Um, you probably have to go all the way back to, uh, I guess, Art Agnew and George Moscone, I guess, to get leaders here that were real leaders, right? When the city was really thriving, a thriving metropolis. And those days are over. Once again, I just come from Miami and New York City, right? So a red a city with a Republican mayor. I don't particularly like Tony Montana, the mayor of, of my, I think that's his name, Tony Montana, the mayor of Miami. I don't particularly like him um, because he's a Trump kiss ass. I don't care for him, but still, he's a Republican, right? So the people there elected a, rep a Republican. And then in New York, there's a Democrat as usual, right? Well, lately anyway. And both cities are thriving much more than, than San Francisco. So I'm not simply making this about red states and blue states and red states and blue cities. But once again, you have a situation where you're in Miami and I'm surrounded with 24-hour restaurants and 24-hour grocery stores and 24-hour drug stores. And they go to New York and we've got 24-hour diners and 24-hour drug stores and so on and so forth. And then you come to San Francisco, everything closes at 10. I had forgotten because I had been away for two weeks that I had to get to the drugstore. I think the one here used to be 24 hours. Now it closes at 11. I forgot that I couldn't go at midnight or one in the morning to, to a drugstore if I need to. I'm not feeling well. You can't do that here. You have to be sick until the next day and you can, then you can go to the drugstore. So this is what the people here consider civilization. But once again, the people here don't leave. Most of the people here have not left especially over the last three and a half years. The, I'm telling you right now, the majority, I don't need to do a poll. The majority of people in San Francisco over the last three and a half years have not left San Francisco, unless they've left too permanently. They haven't gone on vacation. They've just stayed here, watch TV, and believe what they're fed on CNN, MSNBC, and the, and the local fake news. So they don't know. They have no clue. They don't even know. This, they're, so, they're so provincial and medieval in a lot of ways, that they don't know the grass is green on the other side. That grass can be like just, just a, a few miles away and they'll realize how, how green it is on the other side. That's how close-minded they are here and provincial. They don't know. So they just believe what they see and hear. Not everyone. There are people who listen to this show who really haven't 
gone away much, but they understand the situation. But the majority of people here just hear what they believe, what they see, right? And so when Ron DeSantis comes in and says, boy, this is like so different than everything else I know. I want London Breed, <clears throat> who says this is just a snapshot that the pissing and shitting on the streets and the graffiti and the tents and all that garbage is just a snapshot of her city. I want her to name one city in Florida that has that same snapshot. I wish she would. I want her to name one city under Governor Ron DeSantis that has that same snapshot that San Francisco has. Well, she can't name one because it doesn't exist. I didn't see one tent in Miami. I didn't see one tent in New York City. Let me think. No, not one tent. Not one tent anywhere in Miami. And I got around in New York City and I got around. So I want London Breed to tell me what other places have that snapshot. Now I can name a couple, Portland and Seattle. It seems as though it's basically San Francisco North, right? There's a little bit of LA too. LA is so spread out. But in the more dense cities of Portland, Seattle, and San Francisco, that's where most of this snapshot that she talks about is. Tents, you know, uh, defecation on the streets, so on and so forth. Those are also three of the most progressive cities in the country. Those are the three cities where progressives have had the greatest stronghold over the last five years. San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. So it's no coincidence that those cities are very similar. No city is as bad as this one, but they're getting there. They are getting there. They're all following the same progressive blueprint. This is why I love it when the guy, a guy named Domestic, on this show you know him as Domestic, he takes videos of uh, different places in San Francisco, and he, you know, he'll show urban decay. He'll show urban decay. And he'll say in his tweets, uh, San Francisco's particularly progressive today <laughs> because this is what the progressives has done to San Francisco. They've destroyed it. And instead of admitting that they've destroyed it, they will just blame imaginary boogeymen, right? They will, they will imaginary boogeymen, uh, People who, the messenger, they blame the messenger, right? People like Trump and DeSantis, myself, others, we're the messengers of this urban decay. But they'll blame us because they can never, ever, ever blame themselves and their policies. They can't admit that their policies are just an utter failure, a total, utter failure. And that's what's destroyed these cities. That's what's totally destroyed San Francisco and other cities run by Democrats. And so good on Ron DeSantis for coming here and uh, stirring that hornet's nest a little bit. And that's not the worst corner he was on. He didn't go to the Tenderloin. He could have, if he wanted to, really rub it in. He could have gone down to the Tenderloin. He could have stood alongside 20 tents. He didn't do that. And, you know, I don't know what decision, who made those decisions, but he could have even made it look even worse if he wanted to. So to say that was a snapshot, it doesn't even tell the story at all. I mean, that was kind of sanitized, that corner he was on, if anything. It was sanitized. 
I have passed many worse. There are many, many worse corners here. Many blocks that are worse than the one that Ron DeSantis was standing on. So London Breed is full of shit, as usual. She's full of shit, as usual, with this angle of, well, you know, these Republicans want to, the news media wants to, uh, you know, you know, accentuate the negative, right? Eliminate the positive. There is no positive here. I want you to tell me what the positives are. What are the positives? When stores like AT&T and T-Mobile and now Banana Republic and Old Navy and the Westfield Center, I can go on and on and on. Every week another store closes. It's not like every week a new store opens. Every week another big major store opens. Another flagship store closes. And more people leave. So I want her to ask, I want to tell me what are the positives of San Francisco? What are the positives? What are the positives of San Francisco? And you can't talk about how wonderful it looks from 10,000 feet. You can't talk about that anymore. That's well played out. The topography, how beautiful the topography is. Well played out. And it has nothing to do with politicians. That's nature. That's like God. Nothing to do with, with politicians. So when you get past that, when you get past the superficiality of how beautiful it is, where is it beautiful? Where? Jobs? Small businesses? Low crime? Good education? Where? Where? They said education back two years because they didn't let kids go to schools. So where? I, w- I want to know where. Tourism? You want to see real tourism? Go to South Beach. Go to New York City. There's no tourism here. It's dead. Gay Pride Weekend in San Francisco. Gay Pride Weekend in San Francisco used to be a madhouse. You couldn't find a hotel with any occupancy. So what I'd like to do, because I'm a smart person, I'm smart, I tell you, not dumb, like they all say. I'm smart, Mike. I'm smart. Um, I go on hotel sites, and I look to see what the prices are. So I decided I want to see what the hotel prices are for Gay Pride Weekend. The hotels are at incredibly low capacity. The hotel rates are as low as they are in the middle of winter here for Gay Pride Weekend. What does that tell you? No tourists are coming here for Gay Pride. They go to New York. They're going to Miami. Maybe they go to uh, Southern California. Maybe they're going to L.A. Ain't coming here. Why aren't they coming here? They usually do because they're hearing about how bad San Francisco is. They're hearing about how bad it is in the media. and They're probably hearing about it from their friends who have come here recently and said, you know what? It's not the way it was 10 years ago. Don't go to San Francisco. You have this choice of all these other cities that are doing a lot better than San Francisco. So this will be one of the lowest attended gay pride events from tourists. I'm sure locals will show up, but the locals who haven't themselves left the city for other, for other cities for the weekend. Um, but this will be one of the lowest attended gay prides. This will be one of the lowest occupancy rates since COVID, right? Uh, since COVID. Um, for for hotels for a gay pride because San Francisco is not coming back. It's not coming back anytime soon. Not coming back anytime soon. In fact, it's only going to get worse. More store closures. More store closures. More crime. More homelessness. More drug addiction. So they're starting this thing now. Um, remember how the National Guard was going to stop all this. What happened to, have we heard about the National Guard? Remember Gavin Newsom came here 
and he made this big proclamation. He's bringing the National Guard to stop the drug dealing. Where? I haven't seen one. I haven't seen one National Guard member. So that was total bullshit. He simply lied, as usual. Um, what they want to do, what Brooke Jenkins wants to do, the DA, is do this thing where if someone's caught dealing or doing drugs, second time, not the first time, the second time, they have to go to a special court. And I think there has to be some treatment involved, and it's a special kind of drug court that they can have to go to, and they can be forced into some kind of treatment or whatever it may be. So that they're trying to come up with these inventive ways of getting the, the drug dealers, drug users off the streets. And they're trying to get a little bit tougher, you know, sort of like two strikes and you're out. I don't think any of this is going to work because it won't work until they stop making it comfortable for people to be here. They make it too comfortable for people to be drug addicts here. They make it too comfortable for people to be drug dealers here. They make it too comfortable for people to be homeless here. They give homeless people $700 or more per month. Not including the probably three, 400 they get in those EBT cards, right, for the, for the food stamps. So if you're talking money and food stamps, you're talking over a grand a month free. Local people who are struggling can't even get that. But homeless people can get that. So if you're a homeless person in Toledo, Idaho, and you got a friend here or you hear of things that are going on here, you're going to take that bus trip across to come here because you know you can get a grand a month in goodies here, and you can't get it in Ohio. You can't get it in Arizona. You can't get it in Georgia or Florida, but you can get it in San Francisco. And the summers aren't hot. The winters aren't cold. There's no snow. There's no extreme heat. Hey, man, that's where I want to be. San Francisco's where I want to be. It used to be where you wanted to be as a tourist, right? It used to be where you wanted to be as a creative person, as an artist. Now, or if you're gay, now it's where you want to be if you're homeless or you're a drug dealer or you're a drug addict. Especially as a drug dealer, you can make a lot of money here. So until they stop making it so easy for people, to be homeless here, to be drug dealers, to be drug addicts here. Nothing's going to work. And they don't want to address that. They don't want to stop the money. I simply asked them, well, why don't you just stop giving money to people? Why don't you stop giving money? If you stop giving money, they'll stop coming. If you take away the incentives here for being homeless or a drug addict or a drug dealer, then they'll go somewhere else. Why not do that? Because they're full of shit. That's why. Hey, Daniel, how's it going? I am out. Uh, hey, Daniel. I'm out logging some miles, just about done, just about home. Um, if uh, London Bean wants uh, snapshots, um, I can get her plenty on my 16-mile-per-day walks around San Francisco um, for her to frame this as though this is just one particular moment that happened to be bad and and Ron DeSantis captured it is utterly ludicrous. It is so insulting to all San Franciscans for her to represent this in this way. It makes us all think that she does not see the problems, is not acknowledging the problems, and therefore not going to do anything about the problems. Daniel, she's making $350 thousand dollars a year she's the highest paid mayor 
in the country, maybe the maybe the world. What does she care? She doesn't care. She doesn't, she doesn't care. Well, she's going to care when she's out of a job and she ain't making three fifty k anymore. Well, when is that? I mean, when is that going to happen? I mean, well, do you have any confidence that she's going to be yeah. kicked out of office next year? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, about seven, there's been recent polls that says 75 percent of San Francisco's are, are quite upset with the direction the city is headed. Um, this is the sort of thing that changes people's politics, um, if not permanently, at least temporarily. Well, but Daniel, what, uh, we, we got rid of we got rid of Bodine for the, for the same reason. Yeah, and look who uh, we got, and, and once again, well, we got she's someone. No, we got someone that was better. Well, not really. Crime is up since she came in. She, it well, is. Yeah, everything's got momentum. It's going to take a while. She has been doing a better job. She has been uh, prosecuting more and uh, sticking to the letter of the law more than than our crazy uh, voting. What did? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I I don't have the same confidence you have, but. The problem is also in New York, they get rid of people and they replace them with the same people. We saw it in Chicago, right? They got rid of Lori Lightfoot. They all, they all, you know, protested Lori Lightfoot. They were thrilled. They threw her out and they put someone in who could be worse. So that's the problem, Daniel, is that they're not going to put in a Ron DeSantis like mayor here, right? That's what the city needs. The city needs a Ron DeSantis type person to be the mayor. San Francisco will never do that. So the next person will come along, just like Eric Adams came along in New York and said, oh, I will do it this way. I'll, we have a lot of problems and I'm going to take care of those problems and I'm going to do it a different way. And they'll believe that person, but they'll be a Democrat and they'll do it the exact same way. So that's why I'm not very optimistic. Even well, if I am, they, I am optimistic and that is because um, money talks. Um, whether you're liberal or uh, conservative or middle of the road, money talks. And if you own a home in San Francisco, you it was a it's been an extremely bad investment for you for these last three years because ho- housing prices have dropped like what is it about twenty percent? Something like and, that. And, yeah, yeah. And if the housing value down twenty percent. There goes a huge part of your savings, your retirement uh, savings, and. Um, yeah, pe- people aren't just going to say, oh, okay, yeah, we need to have uh, more uh, uh, trans people uh, teaching our kids, and therefore I'm going to sacrifice one-fifth of my uh, uh, savings. Yeah, that's not that ain't happening. Um, that's that's big motivation for people to start changing their politics, like I said, if not permanently, at least temporarily. Um, so I, I, I do have hopes. It's not like Chicago. Chicago's... Um, their property values haven't fallen much because they sucked in the first place. San Francisco had extremely high uh, property values and they had a lot of room to fall. And when they yeah. did this extreme panisteria thing here, they, they but, precipitated the fall like crazy. But Daniel, if this was true, London Breed wouldn't be able to use what Ron DeSantis did to score herself brownie points. Why aren't we hearing people in San Francisco saying, yeah, that Ron DeSantis, he's 100% right. We're not. Everything I'm hearing is, oh, that, that scumbag shouldn't have come here. So well, That's what we're hearing from her. Now, she's playing, she's no. playing to her base. Yeah. And, and her base, her, her, yeah, she can play to her base, but her base is shrinking. Yeah. I bet you I wear my Ron DeSantis hat, and I guarantee you, I mean, people here 
aren't like people in New York. They're not going to confront you the same way. But I guarantee you there'll be plenty of people who tell me to tell them to go back to Florida. So it's it's I, I don't have the confidence you have. I don't have the confidence you have. I mean, Ron DeSantis is hated here. Why? Why sh- shouldn't Ron, shouldn't Ron, if if what you're saying is true and people are fucking tired of these illiberals, wouldn't Ron DeSantis be a hero here? And he is to me, and he is to you, and he's. he's I know. Come on, Daniel. He's not to the most San Franciscans. They'll never vote for him. But yeah, but that's not <laughs> that's not the point, though. The point is that there are forces that are tipping. That doesn't. I'm not saying that everyone in San Francisco is going to wake up tomorrow morning and say, "Yeah, yeah I'm a conservative." All of a sudden, I'm saying that that the demographic and and, and sentiments mm. are shifting, and that's all we're asking for is a shift to make. But remember, better. a lot and of these seventy five percent of the population says they're very unsatisfied. I know, I know, but we've seen polls like that before, and then when a push comes to shove for the election, they use they always use the excuse, "Well." I don't think the other person is going to be any better. I'll stick with what I know. Let's stick with what we know, and we'll we'll get to a we'll get to a better place together, right? Because that's what London Breed will will try to say in her campaign. We're going to get to this better place together. Say. Of course, that's what she's going to say. And, and Bud Light can say the same thing, and Target can say the same. It doesn't matter what they say. What matters is what happens. And we see a lot of people. What has happened is a lot of people have expressed extreme dissatisfaction. What has happened is that businesses are leaving by the hordes but from San Francisco. I mean, that's it, rents are coming down because nobody wants to move here. Mm. I mean, that is what's happening. And, here, and but here's, she can, she can I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But the problem is that it's often a disconnect with people between the way they see their city or countries going and holding, let's say, the mayor or the president responsible for that. That's the problem, you see. People don't often make that very simple connection that we've tried to make here on the show many times, which is that if you think your city's going downhill, that in other words, what people don't seem to get is the very simple um, saying, the fish stinks from the head down. The fish stinks from the head down. It's incredibly true, okay? That's one of the truest statements ever. A fish stinks from the head down. A lot of people, voters, don't seem to get that very often. You know, they'll say, oh, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's this person's problem. It's that person's. It's not really the mayor. You hear it all the time. I don't, I don't blame the mayor for that. I don't blame the president for that. I blame these other circumstances, right? These other factors. And that's what happens a lot when it comes to elections. Is that, and then it leaves people like me and you saying, What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? But we say that a lot, don't we? Yes, but we're both uh, former Democrats. And when did we start saying this? Over the last three years, as we've watched the city and the Bay Area deteriorate, and, and there is indeed a huge shift that we are seeing in politics. It's, it's not, it's not going to flip it. You know, what, what, what do we have in San Francisco? The uh, Republicans are probably outnumbered by eight to, to, to one or something by registered uh, sure. Democrats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 we're not going to see it flip. It's not going to, the eight to one ratio isn't going to flip, but we're going to see it move. That's for sure. And the move is what we're looking for. Yeah, well, once again, here it is. I'm from Missouri. Show me. I'll believe it when I see it. I just you will, and you'll see it. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is you, you will see it. I'm glad you're confident. I am well, more confident. 
The only thing that that um, decreases my confidence at all is the fact that most people that are dissatisfied or many people, I should say, I don't know if it's most, um, many people that are dissatisfied have just left the city. They've abandoned it. So if those people would have stayed, they would have been a huge political force to change things. But they just said, ah, getting out of here. Don't don't like what what the horizon looks like. Hell, I don't blame them. Five years. And, I don't blame and, them. They're gone. I don't blame them. I no, understand what you're saying. Nobody blames them. Nobody you blames know, stay them. around I'm, them. I'm ready to leave. I would have left if it wasn't for my business. I would have, I'd, be got, I'd be gone. I'd be out of here. Right. Exactly. Well, look, it's a catch-22 situation, right? Because like you said, if those people like us stayed, there'd be more opposition here. In a way, politicians like London Breed want us to leave. She yeah. wants it only to be her people that are left here, right? There's, there's no doubt about that to some extent. But what she is seeing right now is the um, folly in, in that. And the folly is that what did what left with these people that, that, that fled the city, their tax base left. And those people that fled the city were the most capable and able to do so. And so when they fled and when all the so many businesses that I mean one huge businesses leaving every single day um, when they live tax base demolished. Uh, so she's seeing shrink, shrinking coffers. They're in huge debt. So, yeah, she may have had initially this uh, this idea of, oh, yeah, you know, this is kind of working out to her advantage because uh, all the conservatives are leaving. We're going to just have entire free reign as though they didn't already. We're going to have entire free reign over, over the city and in our policies. It would be just be able to dictate them. Well, she may have thought that originally, who knows, but what has happened is something that she didn't plan for, and that is that you're in huge death. We got fiscal cliffs with respect to BART. We got fiscal cliffs with respect to the police department, the, all city management departments because of that, because everyone is leaving, that the tax base is leaving. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's what's staying are a lot of uh, – a lot of tech people with money, right? There are tech people with money and they don't really see any need to change. They like their situation. And then there are also these old time San Franciscans, these, these extreme leftists who it, it's going to be very tough for them to vote against a black female. They just, it's too, it's in, I understand what you're saying, but it's in too much of their DNA. Their DNA is so much with identity politics that they're very proud of their black female mayor. I mean, and look at many of the, we've we've talked about this, Daniel, many of these Democrat run cities that are shitholes are run by, by female African-Americans. Yeah. But, but, um, there is nobody in this world that was more left than I was three years ago. There Mm -hmm. just isn't. And so if, if I can just say abandon the party and abandoning the whole, I mean, because there, there, there are no liberals left on the left anymore. They're all illiberals, as we've talked about just so frequently. And I think people are starting to catch on to that. People that I think Democrats are starting to catch on to that. And there's been across the country, there's been a, a, a big, big drop in the number of registered Democrats as compared to the number of Repub- registered Republicans. Um, Democrats are losing uh, uh, um, as a party and uh, if they're, us- they're losing voters. That is uh, people that are registered with the party. They're losing voters. Um, so, so this is this you know it's just gonna, it's going to take some time. Like I said, there's there's inertia, and there's momentum in everything, and uh, you know we don't we're not dealing with infinite forces, so things aren't going to move instantaneously. 
Um, these are selection pressures of economic types that are going to select out um, mayors and politicians that can call, that can create a society that is sustainable. And if not, the society dies. I mean, just like evolution, you, you either you either allows it's selection pressure either selects for something that um, is going to thrive. Or that, or either this thing, whatever whatever the biological um, uh, entity is, either it's going to thrive or it's going to die, and and the selection pressures are going to dictate which, um, and and there's going to be something that's going to rise in in its absence. Um, same same thing here. Um, either either she is going to uh, um, evolve with the situation, or she, or she's going to die as a politician. And, and that's that goes for Scott Weiner, and that goes for uh, Dean Preston, and all the other kooks that, that are here. They are all trying to to, to to spin this delusional yarn about uh, San Francisco. Just today, we had Scott Weiner um, riding on a. a I saw that on Bart photo yeah. shoot, yeah and, and, yeah, and talking about how safe and clean it is. Well, I was riding Bart Bart this morning, and it wasn't safe and clean. Right. I, these, I don't know which part, are, train, which part train they cleaned up, especially for Scott Weiner. Yeah. But uh, he wasn't on the part train that I was on. He wasn't he's a natural born propagandist. These yeah. are just propaganda. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and then then he doesn't even get if there is any improvement in Bart, and there has been some improvement. It's definitely not anywhere near to, uh, back to where it was three years ago. And then on top of it, he is so foolish in that he doesn't give those credit for who are cleaning it up, and that's the police. Absolutely. Yeah, no, look, this is, when you do things like that, when these politicians do things like that, where they, they'll take a situation that everybody who lives in reality knows is, is, is terrible, such as BART being not clean, people do crack on it, people have to worry about getting robbed and raped on it, and so on and so forth, and people will not, don't feel safe taking it. They'll and they do these photo ops and they say, Here I am on clean, beautiful Bart. It's taken right out of the, the the Chinese Communist Party handbook. That's what they do. That's what Communist China does. They do they do these propaganda the communists do this. They do these propaganda campaigns. We know the reality is 180 degrees the opposite of what they're saying. But they do these things. But let me ask you once again, Daniel, if the voters if the citizens were as smart and uh, as you say they are, or as we hope they are, could they do these kind of propaganda campaigns? Would it go anywhere? Well, they can do it no matter how smart it is. It's not, it's not a matter of how smart we are. It's a matter of how um, in touch with their with their voters that they are. And, and, they're, and this is what politicians in trouble do. They rally their base. And that is what London Breed is trying to do, and that is what Scott and Wiener is trying to do. That's what they do to try to survive in the moment when they when they see difficult times on the short term horizon. They rally their base. It doesn't work long term, but sometimes they don't need long term solutions. Sometimes they're thinking, if I can just get through the next six months, then, then everything's going to be okay. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to rally their base, and and so hey, uh, all I'm saying is, if I started a call, and I'll say it this way, and I'll say it again: if London Reed wants uh, more of these uh, uh, quote unquote snapshots, I've got tons I can get for her tomorrow. Yeah, well, no. Once again, it's 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 simply a matter of propaganda. That's why I'm glad we have people like Domestic. He's here now. Who do videos of how things really are. We need more people like that around this city 
in other Democrat cities to show how it really is and put videos on Twitter and Facebook of the actual reality of the urban decay and not these propaganda pieces, like you say, where they sanitize a street corner or they sanitize a, 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 uh, a subway car and make everything look like it's fine and dandy and there are no problems. We need people doing like real citizen videos of stuff and putting it all over the place and getting the word out. And trust me, you know, I talk about this stuff, this, this, these propaganda campaigns annoy me by people like London Breed or the uh, groomer extraordinaire Scott Weiner. But believe me, the actual word of how bad San Francisco is, the actual reality is getting across the country because I have people, like I say, 3,000 miles away from here saying, oh, I, what's happened to your city, right? Why do you still live there? Why haven't you left? Please be careful because they know the word is getting out. The people are getting the word out. And these propaganda campaigns aren't working on a national level. But I'm just sometimes afraid that they work locally because the people here are so ignorant and so easily fooled by these charlatans like Breed and Wiener who think they're on their side. The, the populace thinks these people are on their side, that they're one of them, but they're not. Well, we are just going to have to see. So keep talking, Mike, and I will keep talking. And we'll Keep talking, try. Daniel. Keep talking. Keep, you know what? Keep talking and walking. Keep walking and talking. You know, I was just going to say that. I'm going to do my talk, and I'm going to do my walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep walking. Don't, don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> to keep going. So, so, so I'm, I, you know what? I just never thought to, to take, you know, I'm, I'm logging 16 miles a day on average over the last year. And um, I, I've just never thought to, 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 to do what the DT is doing, domestic is doing, which is you know, taking a, a bunch of videos of the crap. You should. Yeah. So freaking often, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's just become, I've become, uh, you know, immune to it. It's become part of the noise in the background and, so maybe I maybe I should start chronicling it like like DT is doing a little bit more um, and just uh, and you know take take a you know ten second videos twenty times on, on my sixteen mile walks and then sort through the best ones and post them on Twitter or something maybe I'll do something like that. I think the more we're able, I'm actually thinking about doing more of that because I think the more we can get the word out, the truth out about how things here are, the better. I really yeah. do. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Just getting tired of, of looking at the uh, news of the day and just seeing, you know, Giant X flagship store, whatever, mm -hmm. um, is leaving San Francisco. You know, mm -hmm. and it's, 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 it seems like it is every single day. And, it, you know, it may be just every single day now that I think about it over the last three months that this has been happening. And, and downtown is just dead. It is well, just nowhere like what it used to be. Anyway, I'm, I, you got callers behind. Go ahead, there, so. Daniel. Thank, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and as a, a friend of mine says, you know, in order to get a great reset, you need to tear everything down. Before you can reset, you have to tear everything down. So we've talked about this before also, that maybe this is all intended. I mean, it's so bad. It's so obviously bad that maybe this is the intention to tear it all down and create a corporatocracy, right? Where corporate America 
dominates and where small businesses don't get to operate anymore, where small businesses are, are, are no longer a factor, right? Where it's all basically corporate America, where it's all luxury housing, right? And, and, and huge corporations and, um, and, uh, you know, uh, a, a society that the Klaus Schwab's of the world want, right? I mean, Klaus, that's what Klaus Schwab wants. Do you think Klaus Schwab and, um, and the uh, World, World Economic Forum care about small businesses? Do they care about small businesses closing? No, they don't. They want that. That's exactly what they want. So this could all be part of the plan. That sounds like a conspiracy theory kind of stuff. But once again, what other uh, reason can you come up with? What other explanation can you come up with that it's so bad and it continues to get worse and worse and worse? And these politicians don't even acknowledge it, right? They pretend to acknowledge it. They kind of acknowledge it, but they really don't. So you'd have to believe that they actually want this to happen. They can't, they're in a situation where they can't come out and say, of course, they can't pull back the curtain and reveal Oz and, and, and admit this is what they want. But it's so, it's becoming more and more obvious that they're getting what they want, which is a great reset. And I think someone who will agree with me on this is Bill. Hey, Bill, don't you agree with me on that? That this seems to be what they want? Oh, you just you laid that up for me just to give it a slam dunk, Mike. Exactly. exactly Bill, hit that one over the wall, baby. Come on. <laughs> well, it's my young global leaders. I have 1,200 <laughs> young global leaders that have penetrated world governments, and uh, we have our global influencers, over 5,000 uh, non-government organizations and, and yeah. uh, corporate leaders and uh, actually... Uh, even politicians are all part of our World Economic Forum. And of course, you know, the fourth industrial revolution, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's necessary to save the planet and to save humanity. And, uh, you know, but of course we, we have to create a problem reaction solution to get there. You know, I mean, we have to create a, never let a good crisis go to waste. So here comes a pandemic. You know what I mean? Then there'll be another one. And then we got the, you know, they're burning down the, uh, the food distribution centers. Did you ever ask yourself, Mike, how was it that there was this rash of fires at the meat poultry plants, at the at the uh, you know distribution centers, the processing centers, and this rash of derailments? And I mean, this is all part of the um, plan. Um, obviously, uh, demolition of uh, the United States uh, infrastructure and economy. Um, that's no accident. And, no, it's, uh, it's becoming too, it's too obvious. It's, it's totally obvious. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, and, there's, mm -hmm. there's no, once again, these politicians are never going to come out and say this is what we want. Although, in a way, they have. I mean, you could read the book. There's a mm -hmm. book called The Great Reset, isn't there? Of course. You know, so you can read this, you know. But in a certain places, like their little meetings, their little World Economic Forum backroom meetings, they can be open and honest about all this. But when it comes to like the actual real public forum, they actually can't, you know, so a mayor can't come out and say, well, we want small businesses to fail. <laughs> they're not going to come out and say that, but it's just, but their, their actions show 
that they don't care that this is happening, you know, mm-hmm. that there's something, there's a plan beyond this. There's a plan beyond small businesses. There's a plan beyond the urban dystopia, that they're going to do something, that they want to do something. And as, as my friend said, a great reset means in order to reset something, you have to tear it all down first, right? Mm-hmm. You have to do that first. You have to delete, reboot before you can get the reset. And that's basically what's happening here. You know, and uh, unfortunately, we talk about Klaus Schwab being a, a Bond villain. Where's our, is, is Ron DeSantis our 007? Who's our 007 that's going to stop these evil people from ruining us? Well, I think you have, uh, if you, I, you know, I'm listening and liking what I'm hearing from both him and RFK Jr., is calling it all out. They don't name the, well, Ron DeSantis does name the World Economic Forum. He absolutely does uh, call them out and tell them not to in Florida. Yeah. yeah. I haven't, I don't think I've heard RFK Jr. yet frame it that way unless I missed it. He, but he does talk about the corporatocracy and, you know, how it's ruining America. He don't, the other thing is he mentions a friend of his who's disabled, was a fisherman and had his food stamps, uh, well, EBT cut 90% down to $25 a month. I forget what state he lives in. He didn't mention the state. I only get 61 a month and, uh, I get around 840 a month to live on. And I grew up working in this country that had to do with statute of limitations. By the way, if you're approaching a point where you need disability, apply early and often because if you don't, they don't just advise any of your listeners. They only go back 10 years into your work history from date of application, not data right? determined. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. You know, you can work here your whole life. And then do you like the judge, just real quick, the judge determined me disabled back to March 2012. This was in a hearing in December, no, January 2020. So now my disability is based on 37 months of income, not 110 months, which would be a 10 year window. Because they only, you see, they went back 10 years from date of application, I not see, date yeah. of determined right. disability. I'm like, right. so I appealed it through the appeal council. I'm like, look, I spent all my mon- my own money while I was, I didn't know anything about it. And I was talking to my neighbor who works for a town of Stratford in maintenance. He goes, oh yeah, I have a friend. He was just like you. He didn't know any better. And you know what? Plus it'll take you sometimes three to five years just to get a hearing. And, uh, in the meantime, what are you living on? I know people oh. who have, a lady who told me her mother died before she ever got her SSDI. This happens. Uh, you can come to San Francisco and get over a thousand dollars in money and food stamps. Well, so. some some cities are different. Yeah, I, I, maybe that's based on cost of living. I, I don't know where they base it on or how they come up with that. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's a mess. Uh, uh, USA Today, I remember 2017, 110,000 people died trying to get their SSDI over the last uh, 10 years as of 2017, but going back 10 years, that's 10,000 a year. And, you know, so this is what they do. They don't want to pay. doesn't matter what you paid in. Mm. They have these loopholes. Who would have known, Mike? You know, I'm like, well, wait, so my caseworker, I'll wrap this up, Mr. Kazakh, right, for SSI, SSDI. I said, look, Mr. Kazakh, I said, why don't they go back 10 years of Dana-determined disability? 
not date of application. But how is that relevant? The date when I applied. That, you know, you see what I mean? It was obviously, uh, it, it, it wipes out a huge determinant factor of, and of my income. And he says, you're right, they should. I said, well, the appeals council wrote me back and said, talk to your local politicians. I didn't. And uh, Kim Rose, she's like, I'm really sorry, Bill. I know her personally. She says, we don't write the bills. We just vote on them. I said, you mean the lobbyists write them? I go, yeah, but what about the American Disabilities Act? Disability Rights Connecticut, Connecticut Legal Rights Project. I, they shine me on, all of them. And I'm just, my cases are emblematic. But this is the process that, look, the process that people who have worked, you know, the, the, the people who have uh, given back to society, yeah. a lot of people are in a situation now where they need help. And it's so tough for them to get that. That's why I bring up the whole thing about how much money people get here to be homeless. But once again, we're also talking about people who don't, they're not from here. They're coming here. So it's not the people in San Francisco, and they, they lie about that, the government here. They want you to believe that the homeless people here are from here, that they were people who had homes and were evicted, right? That's not the truth. The truth is that the overwhelming majority of the homeless people in the city are from other places, they have no real – they've never put any skin in the game here in San Francisco. They never paid taxes in San mm. Francisco. They never had jobs in San Francisco. They never paid rent in San Francisco. They have just come here from other places to get our money. It's the same thing with, like, illegals coming across the board. They want to come here to get free stuff that they can't get in their own country. It's the same thing. People are coming from other places here getting free money while people here like you – who are in your situation have to go through so many hoops to get less money than these people coming from Ohio and Nebraska and, and New York and, and Louisiana and Florida coming here get free money. That's the problem is that the hardworking people who are just in a bad point in their lives uh, cannot get the help that these homeless people are getting simply for coming here from other places having never lived here, having never gone to school here, having never worked here, having no roots here. And that's the problem. I'm sure that's existing, um, but that's a nationwide problem. They're migrating to San Francisco because they're not getting, I mean, let, 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 I, the stigma of homeless, I mean, we, we deconstructed that a little bit with the movie uh, Roundhog Day, you know. The, some people are homeless because they went bankrupt due to medical costs. Some people, a lot of people, a lot of people homeless because of prior abuse in their life. Uh, some people are homeless because of, uh, was it 60 to 80% of the people living paycheck to paycheck? Something comes up, they can't afford to pay the rent, they get behind because they had a car expense and who God knows what combined with the health expense. There's a lot of people, 50% of the homeless people from what Jimmy Dore cites are working, uh, in that living in shelters. Uh, 42% who were unhoused at all are people living in the LA basin who are school teachers living in their cars. You know, this is, yeah, there are those who, uh, you see the ones, the visible homeless are usually the addicts, you know, who are living in the tents and stuff like that. But, you know, then again, that's a health crisis that needs to be addressed. In other words, the, there's a reason we're seeing this. Klaus Schwab talks about that it's going to be an angrier world before it gets better. Well, that's because those bastards have run it this way. 
And they don't care about you, me, or those people or anybody. For we're, we're disposable. You see what I mean? We're just, we're just ants to them. We're nothing. And what happens to us? What happens to our communities? What happens to our families? In fact, the whole agenda is to do what? To deconstruct the family, to, to deconstruct uh, small businesses, as you said, yeah. to ruin the American economy. Why? Because we talked about this earlier. The land mass and the population potential growth and market is all in Asia, right? India, China. Yeah. Yeah. It's not here. Okay. So plus the, the labor costs to them and environmental costs so much cheaper in those places because they have no real labor regulations at all, at all, or environmental. So therefore, they can manufacture over there, pollute the hell out of everything. There's no EPA. Ship it back here and uh, and still make huge profits off of that. Uh, same thing in Mexico. So that's the business plan. And that's all they care about. Like uh, Christina Freeling, uh, uh, the deputy prime minister, uh, who's a WEF gal, right, under Tr- Trudeau. She announced at the World Economic Forum that uh, uh, Americans need to take a pay cut, the middle class, to be competitive with the Asian workers. It's like, what? Well, these is how these people think. And so to them, it's, they have, what they want to do is present it to the American people like, well, this is the solution, you know, uh, uh, uh 15 minute cities, central bank digital currency, um, you'll own nothing. They literally say on their site, like your friend said, Mike, that you'll own nothing, have no privacy and be happy that literally this is the plan for the masses and they say that by 2050 ai will have replaced 80 percent of jobs according to yuval noah harari who says we're hackable animals i mean when you listen to these people it sounds conspiracy theory it's not they talk about it at their conventions their davos meetings when they wherever they you know that's their it's not propaganda it's it's their game plan you see mike and so the, once we realize that and you recognize that, I mean, I, I hope Daniel's right, but there's bigger forces in local politics at play here, right. far bigger forces than even national politics. So can the Ron DeSantis be the, the knight who hits the Achilles heel? I don't know. I mean, because it's much bigger than him. Uh, he can make, certainly make local changes like he has in Florida. Right. Can RFK Jr. and, but the thing is, they're bringing it to the fore, you know, to the national politic for debate and discussion and whatever well, framework you know, they Daniel are. Daniel just, just put in the live chat that almost all San Francisco homeless are addicts or mentally ill. Uh, New California study, which has been tweeted a lot, in the past few days makes this very clear. I think I concur with that because, you know, Bill, tenants' rights are very strong here. People do get evicted. I'm not saying people don't get evicted, but it's very hard to evict people in San Francisco. It's almost possible, in fact, to evict people in San Francisco. So it's, you know, (coughs) people hit a bad patch and they can't pay their rent and getting evicted and become homeless is a very, very tiny, 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 tiny part of it. It's really a lot of, like like Daniel said, and the study shows, which is it's a lot of people who are drug addicts and they are homeless. In other words, people who can't function, right? They they don't get a, they can't get a real job. They don't know how to have a, a residence and they come from other places and they come here simply 
Bill, their job is to be homeless. They're, as long as they're homeless, they'll get that money, right? Once they're not anymore, they won't get that money anymore. So as long as they're a homeless drug addict, they're going to get their seven, 800 cash and their food stamps and all their free health care and all that stuff. So I ask you, Bill, what's the incentive with all of that to not be homeless? Yeah, but Mike, I think that's, you're looking at it from an inverse perspective. These people are homeless. Look, like, like I said, no baby grows up saying, I want to be a homeless drug addict. I mean, that's something, that, that's, what's the solution? Like they emptied the medical psych wards under Reagan because there was so much abuse and all this other stuff. That's not the real reason. They said, want to incur the cost. They care less what happened to the people and yeah. what did to our, our, our society. So, Trump says, well, we're going to set up 10 cities outside of this, you know, the cities and try and house these people, get them mental health help, get them into addiction rehab programs. Well, that's a potential solution. We've got to do something. Mm. You know, we just can't say, you know, to demonize us. I think we're not looking at it the right way. Look, what you're saying, like, makes sense. When you say no one really wants to be that way. No one wants to be a drug addict. No one wants to be homeless. But that's we're thinking at it from a point of view of people who aren't homeless and aren't drug addicts. We think, well, why would anyone want to do that? But there have been people on the streets here who have been interviewed and they've actually said that it pays to be this way here. You see, they pay for my addiction. Okay. I, I get free money this way. I get free healthcare this way. I get free food this way. I get money to buy drugs with this way. So from our perspective, yeah, it sounds like a horrible life. But once you're in that life, it becomes like, why not be a place where they make it easier to be that kind of life? That's the problem, Bill. It shouldn't be easy to be in that kind of life. It should be easier to get a job and have an apartment. You see, that should be the life you want. But when you make it so easy to be homeless, to be a drug addict, that's the problem. And that's called enabling, Bill. It keeps people in that cycle, which people like you and I think is vicious and horrible. Well, I you know, think we need to get some social workers on the streets along with some type of program to do something about this and – you know, the bottom line is, I don't think anyone should have a right to to sleep on the sidewalk in a tent. It's like, no, 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 no. Those, that that's a public space. Of course. That, yeah. And and those look, I hate to see these people. What they should be, you know, you hear people that uh, they're working or they're out and their tent gets taken. There goes their driver's license, their any personal belongings. Look, they should be notified like you would evict a tenant just the day before the cops let them know with a bullhorn drive by look we're going to take down this homeless encampment get your personal belongings together there'll be buses to take you you know like trump said set up something so that there's some place where they can make these people yeah. can get help and listen if if they're going to stay transient uh and break the law then they need to be arrested if there's but, laws but a lot of people yeah. in this city would disagree with what you said until it's right in front of their apartment, right? They'll say, mm -hmm. oh, no, don't do that. Don't sweep the – let them – who are they bothering? They, this is the only place they have to live. Let them put a tent up until 
it's in front of their business or in front of their apartment. Then they go, oh, wait a minute. No, not here, somewhere else, not in my backyard, you know. So that's the that's the problem with the liberal in general is that they – until it bothers them, it's okay, right? But as you say, it's a societal issue. Yeah. No one should be allowed to you, – you don't want cities filled with tents and shit on the streets, okay? Not. That's not a civilized society. That's not a society that's going to thrive economically, okay? Um, so you can't have that. It's not, you know, that's not, they don't, they don't own it. Like you say, it's public space. It doesn't belong to the homeless person. It belongs to all of us. And we all have a right to walk the streets and feel safe mm-hmm. and feel comfortable and have some kind of a, some kind of a, you know, it doesn't have to be a beautiful aesthetic, the cities, but it should be an aesthetic where we don't have to look at crap all the time and garbage on the streets. We pay taxes for that. So obviously, this is not good for society, but there are too many people who were, you know, kind of indifferent to it. That they go, oh, well, you know, until it affects them directly, it's it's okay. You know, well, that's, that's a problem. I agree with you. Listen, you know, I I I I could be homeless. Uh, uh, there was a time I was checking in and went with Columbia House to see if they can get me something. Took months uh, through the winter. A friend, because I was trying to get my SSDI, it took nearly three years just to get a hearing, even though all the paperwork, I mean, what was I going to say in the hearing that the doctors hadn't said in the, you know, in the exams and the paperwork, nothing. So a friend helped me bridge the gap because I ran out of money, you know, and then uh, now my brother helps with the rent because I don't get enough. You know, what I get would barely pay the rent. And, and then for 61 a month, for foods, I mean, I could be homeless, literally, if I didn't have a brother who was kicking in. And uh, so uh, there are people uh, who were in a homeless encampment on the east side under the 95 overpass. One guy was like me. He needed, but, he needed both his needs replaced. He had but the difference, Bill, yeah. if that were to happen to you, let's mm-hmm. say, God forbid, that was to happen to you, you would probably do any, everything you could to get out of that situation, right? You wouldn't be like, oh, I'm just going to be comfortable in this situation. I'm going to go somewhere where they pay me to be in this situation because you don't want to be in that situation. And I think that's a lot of people. But there are many people out there who are just like this is they have come accustomed, come accustomed to living this kind of life. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to live this kind of life and you're not going to try to get out of that situation, if you're not going to try, if you're not going to try to find the resources to get out of that situation, why not go somewhere where they make it easier, right? That's just human nature. You'd want to go somewhere where they make it easier for you by giving you money, by welcoming you, by not chasing you away, whatever it may be. And that's the problem with a place like San Francisco is they make it too easy. And they think that is the kind thing to do, but it's not because it, it enables people to continue to live that kind of life. It doesn't get them out of it. That's not kind. That's vicious and dang- and nasty. You should want to get people back up on their feet and into real civilized society again, into a job and working and uh, and finding their own place to live and having a place, you know, having a place of their own. That's what you should want to do. That's kind. But that's not what the liberal believes, you understand. So it's sort of like, that's why we call them illiberals, because a liberal thing to be would be like, no, we want to get you on your feet, into a job, into a normal life, so you can take care of yourself, don't need the state to take care of you, and can find a place to live. 
But that's not what they do here. They make it too easy to be homeless. They make it too easy and comfortable, right? Like uh, with drug, just drug addiction, just having a, a safe drug site, right? Where you can safely get new needles, clean needles and, and pipes. And, and they've given out little kits here, Bill, of like crack pipes, you know. And so that's making it easier to live that kind of a life. That's saying we want you to live that kind of a life. We want you to be beneath us and down there. We're not going to do anything to help you get on your feet and better, right, and healed and healthy again. So it's the opposite of compassion. That's the opposite of compassion. Yeah, but Mike, that happens for a reason. In other words, there's the manufacturing base has been outsourced. You're talking about people getting jobs. What they would have to do is bring jobs back and 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 set up uh, rehab programs with housing, like you said, outside of the area for now, wherever. I, I don't know if there's vacant buildings. I don't know how that's going to work. Certainly when you talk about malls closing, you talk about things can be retrofitted, whether, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be a, a tent city that could get blown away in high winds. I mean, it could actually be a place where people – there's, uh, there's job ab- to this be- point, there's an advertise in my uh, in my building in the in the mezzanine level. We have mm-hmm. laundry, right? And there's a bulletin board where you can put stuff up. And I was doing laundry a couple of days ago, and I saw one of the residents here put something on the bulletin board. And it was this thing about how the community here, that the activists here, are are pushing to allow the city to put homeless people. In hotels, now that sounds great. You go, wow, wow. The liberal side of me says it's wonderful, great. The hotels are available. The city can pay the hotel, and the homeless will be taken off the streets and put in hotels. I think, great, great. What's the incentive to actually get a job? What's the incentive to actually get your own place? Once again, this keeps them in that cycle. That's just a band aid. But once again, that's more incentivizing incentivizing not getting back into society, putting you, let's put them in a hotel, just shove them into a hotel. And uh, yeah, they'll have free hotel rooms for the rest of their lives. What is, what is the, what is the point of that? So the liberal would say, well, Mike, it gets people off the streets. You don't got to see them on the street anymore, but no, because eventually they're going to rotate right back there. And many of them don't want to be in a hotel. Many, you know what happens? I've talked to some of these people. They, when you give them housing, there are rules that come along with that housing, right? right? So you put them in a hotel room, they'll have usually rules that say they can't leave after 10 o'clock at night, or they can't have any visitors after Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock at night. And they don't want that because they're used to living the free life of doing what they want and not being told what to do. So all of this stuff that the highly educated liberal elites, coastal elites, believe is kind and gentle and nice and compassionate is not. And it's not the answer. Right, but there needs to be a systemic, systematic, multi-angled approach, I mean, to, to deal with it and to deal with these issues on all the different levels you're describing. I have all the answers, but clearly there needs to be uh, a series of... Uh, 
of rehab programs on all from vocational to uh, m- m- mental to drug uh, and dependency uh, rehabs to it's not just putting them in a hotel, but there needs to be pro- programs and those and and some we need to bring some manufacturing something for them to do. You say we'll get a job, but realistically, where's that job going to be? There needs to be something. Well, and, and, and working people. Who have to, you know, when I go to a city like New York or Miami and uh, I'm not staying with relatives, I have to pay for a hotel. They don't give me a hotel. All right. Mm-hmm. I got to pay for a hotel. So people think, well, well, I understand. I work. I pay taxes. I can't afford. There are people who, who who live in places like New York and San Francisco who spend all of their money on food and rent. All mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to ever go on a vacation. They can't afford to ever spend time in a hotel. Right. So people like that have the right to think, why should the homeless be given? And believe me, the hotels they put them in during COVID were four star hotels, Bill. Four star hotels, not yeah. not Motel Six. Four stars. Okay. So people think, why do they deserve? And rightfully so. Why do they deserve free vacations? Free hotels. And you know what comes along with hotels? Uh, Room service every fucking day. Why do they deserve this kind of stuff? Why should they be given that free when I got to work my ass off and I can't afford a vacation? So it's it's, it's to the point where I I don't know when people are going to get tired of this. Some people are. Daniel said he thinks more people are getting tired of this stuff than I am. But it gets to a point where people say, come on. What, 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 once again, free stuff for immigra- illegal immigrants, free stuff for for people who are addicted to drugs and are homeless. When I got to work my ass off, man, pay for these people to live in these hotels. Someone pays, Bill, right? Who's paying for the hotel? The city. Who pays the city? The taxpayers. So someone's got to pay. And people, are, I know I am, people are getting tired of this. You know, come up with real solutions not this stuff that the taxpayer is going to have to continue to fund and the problem's never going to get any better. So what do you suggest? Trump talked about these type of tent city structures outside the cities. What do you think that's a, a viable uh, next step? I suppose, yeah. I mean, I, I think that the real thing is forcing people into therapy, forcing people into treatment. I think that... Because we find with a lot of these homeless people, many of them, most of them are drug addicts. And that drug addiction is what keeps them in that situation, okay? Once they get off the drugs, they can think clearer. But the drugs keep them in that cycle. So, but they don't want to get off the drugs. Most drug addicts don't. You have to force most drug addicts. Sometimes people will come to the realization, I get again to, you know, but we've, I've heard it. Remember, we had Jackie Berlin on this show, the Mothers Against Drug Addiction and Deaths, whose son has a drug problem, and she has begged cops in the past to arrest him because when they arrest him, that's when he's forced into treatment. And this kid is smart. He knows he has a problem, but it's very tough. I think lately he's been doing it. I have to talk to Jackie again. But it's tough for a lot of these people to voluntarily go into treatment. So they need to be forced to go into treatment. So right there is something that many liberals, many Democrats don't want to even talk about, forcing people to go into treatment. They don't want to even think about it. You know, um, then all of a sudden they give a shit about the constitution. Other than that, no, but right there, they don't know the constitution says we can't force people, but you can when they become threats 
to society, when they become threats to others and themselves, then you can't, then it's not unconstitutional to force them into some kind of um, treatment to get better. So I, I really think that's one of the first things that has to be done, is that people on the streets need to be forced into treatment to get off the drugs that's keeping them ensconced in that kind of a life. So you have to incarcerate them. That's the only way you're going to be able to do that. Any, any way you have to get it done, by any means necessary. I mean, I'm open to ideas over what you do, whether you have treatment centers. I must say you could put them in prison, but the, that's not where you really go to get treatment for, for drug addiction. I mean, you have oh, to you put them get in, dry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah but no, but you need to put anyway. them in places where they can actually get off the drugs. They're not, we're not, we're not saying they're criminals, you know, to criminalize it, mm -hmm. but you want to put them in places where they can get off these drugs, where they can get back on their feet, where they can get clean and sober, and they can really start to have a clear mind. And when you have the clear mind, then you know that you th there, there are things you can do to better yourself. We, we have pro remember that guy, The Voice, uh, several years ago, somehow he got interviewed, and he used to be a radio announcer, this beautiful voice, and that he, they cleaned him up, you know, they gave him an opportunity, uh, gave him a job. Uh, he was like, you know, I, do you know what I'm talking about? He was a homeless fella, black fella who... They, uh, he, they got interviewed one day and he had this, he has this beautiful velvet voice. And so, uh, there was a story behind it anyway, but his, the, the, obviously the trauma, some people say the demons that were driving his addiction, he wasn't, he wasn't able to overcome that. He eventually ended up slipping and falling again. And just like people in 12 step, you know, they go through cycles sometimes, even, even sponsors lose it, you know, cause you never know what's going to cause a, a flashback or triggering, uh, a drive you, uh, off the edge. So the, it's not linear, you know, um, and so I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just exploring how do you get there and at what point do you involve incarceration if need be? And at what point uh, can you take someone uh, uh, to a facility? We don't have to call it. It could be uh, a max lockdown psych ward. It doesn't have to be jail, you know right. what I mean, as, per se. Um, but you're not going to do that in a tent city, I mean, unless you close it like a concentration camp with barbed wire and everything. You see what I mean? How are you going to yeah. do it? Now, uh, uh, there's certain kind of people who are going to want to try and those, like you said, who don't. And all you can do is, is I believe is try and uh, give an opportunity for those who are trying and then uh, uh, bring some jobs back. And uh, that we're talking a major shift back to manufacturing in this country again, because it's uh, what else, what are the jobs are going to be? Uh, and, and I think, uh, RFK Jr. talked about bringing jobs back and, 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 and that's a good thing. Um, so then training, vocational training programs and then, uh, so they can be skilled, uh, and, and you know, there's, there's a road back. Uh, and those who insist on, uh, being on the streets, well, then they're, at that point, they're breaking a law. And at that point, I suggest they could be arrested. Right. Because there, there should be laws against, like you said, uh, parking in a tent in public spaces. But, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so, you know, 
uh, I sound like a bleeding heart liberal to a lot of people, but I'm, I'm just trying to be realistic. Sure, I understand. Know? Hey, Bill, I, I do yeah. want to get to another issue. Anything oh, else sure. you wanted to, or you want to, yeah. Uh, let me, I, mean, let me get, things, I, want to, I want to get to a couple of other things. Can I, <laughs> I, why don't I mute then? If I'll just mute. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, we talked about Scott Weiner and, um, earlier doing that ridiculous photo op on BART showing us how safe it is. Um, and uh, this is a disgusting man. I find everything about him grotesque. I really do. I don't, I don't want to hide my feelings here. Um, and every law he comes up with in California, along with his wacko liberal state legislatures, usually about taking away rights from parents, right? Where he, the government, he, the, he, the groomer can take your child away. Um, and here's another one. California Democrats are advancing legislation that would allow 12 year olds to consent to being placed into residential shelter services by mental health professionals. The State Senate Judiciary Committee approved Assembly Bill 665, authorized by Democratic Assembly member Wendy Carrillo, she's as crazy as Scott Weiner is, in a 9-2 to two vote, according to the Legislative Information website. The bill would remove requirements, listen to this, the bill would remove requirements from a current law that requires minors present a danger of serious physical or mental harm to themselves or to others, or to be an alleged victim of incest or child abuse, to be able to consent to mental health treatments or residential shelter services. It would also allow mental health professionals to consult with a minor before determining whether involvement of the minor's parent or guardian would, guardian would be appropriate. So a mental health professional could talk to the 12-year-old, okay, and then determine that, nah, the parent doesn't matter. We don't have to get the parent involved in this at all. The bill would make the change effective in July of next year. Critics attacked the bill and said it was a violation of their rights and would allow for kids to be emancipated at 12 years old, okay, according to a video of the Senate Judiciary Committee posted by the California Family Council. Uh, Carrillo said there's been a lot of misinformation and lies about this bill to the point that it has national, international attention as how we treat mental health services for young people in the United States and in California. Weiner, of course, said that citizens in opposition to the bill were part of a right-wing outrage machine. That's what he does. Anytime you disagree with any of his grooming tactics, he says you're a right – whenever you believe in parental rights, he says you're part of a right-wing outrage machine. He uses right-wing. He uses that – that gaslighting, right, that clarion call to his lefty, wacko constituents who love that kind of stuff. Denise Aguilar, co-founder of Freedom Angels, a civil rights group, called Wiener's comments gaslighting and name-calling. Exactly. That's what he does. Uh, so, once again, this is more of Scott Wiener and his extreme wacko lefty cohorts in the California Assembly wanting to take rights away from parents. Okay? Basically, that's what they want to do. They want to take – it's basically, as the California Family Council appropriately calls it, it allows state-sanctioned kidnapping. And Scott Weiner thinks state-sanctioned kidnapping is a good and important bill. And the parents who are opposed to it are part of a right-wing outrage machine because the government can take their children away. So a 12-year-old can simply say, oh, I don't like my parents anymore. I don't like the situation I'm living in. I want to go to a residential shelter service, and the and the state would then take the child away from from the parents. This is once again, 
My only guess is that Scott Wiener is such an abhorrent individual because he had a horrible childhood. And a lot of what he does, like I said, a lot of what he does is getting his personal fetishes made into laws, right? Gets him off. But in cases like this, we see a lot of this stuff where he wants to take rights away from parents. In other words, he wants to be the parent of the child. Kind of creepy, isn't it? This guy wants to be the parent of the 12-year-old. He wants the government, meaning him and his buddies, to be the, the parent of the child and take away the, uh, the – he sees like the parents as like the intermediary, wants to take them away, wants to get rid of them, get, get rid of their rights. And it's, it's a very sick thing, but I can only imagine it comes from a, a very – a horrible childhood that he probably had to live where he hates his parents and he hates parent, the parental unit. And we see this in a lot of these crazy liberals. They don't believe in the parental unit. They don't believe in the family unit. They believe the government should be the family to the child, not the parents, that the government should decide what's best for the child, not the parent. We saw this during COVID, right, where the government says, no, you can't go to school, right? It doesn't matter what your parents believe. No, if you go to school, you must go to school with a mask. It doesn't care what the parent want. We see this over and over again. This is why in places with sane people, like Virginia, Glenn Youngkin won, right? Because parents were finally tired of the government telling them what's best for their children. And now we're getting in situations where California is constantly making it easier for the government to take a child away. In this case, a 12-year-old can say, I just don't want to live at home. And how many 12-year-olds hate their parents, don't want to live at home? Well, many. And this would just make it okay. They don't, have, they don't have to show proof of abuse anymore. This guy to say, I don't want to live there anymore. And the government says, don't worry, we'll take care of you. We'll put you in uh, Scott Wiener's uh, apartment in San Francisco, which, of course, Scott would love. So there's some, there's some very sick psychological stuff going on with Scott Wiener that makes him um, want to do these kinds of things. And he's found his place where he can get his sickness made into law. That's the scary thing about California. Okay, is that he's found his place where a sick individual, a sick, twisted individual like him, not only can he exist and thrive and have a good job, but he can get laws made. Understand that only here, only in this sick state. Remember, this passed by a nine to two vote, nine to two. Overwhelming. Overwhelming amount. Those tw 11 people in that committee, nine of them said yes. If a 12 year old wants to leave the home, wants to leave his family, the state should make it easier for them to leave their family. And we've seen this with other bills, right? Where they believe that if a parent in a custody battle, if, if either parent doesn't allow their 12 year old to get a sex change operation, that parent will not get custody. So we see this more and more now. These are very sick laws. States with sane people and governors and legislators who don't have these sick, twisted uh, thinking process like Florida and Virginia, they're making law, Texas, Georgia, they're making laws of the opposite, where it gives the parents more rights, where it makes it illegal for the state to do these kinds of things, where it makes it illegal for healthcare providers, for doctors and parents to allow their children to be mutilated at 12 years old. Just think about that for a second. California is a state 
where if a 12 year old says, well, you know, eh, I don't, I don't like living at home anymore. I don't like my parents. Okay. We'll put you in a residential shelter service or, or a doctor can say, well, yeah, we'll keep this between you and me. We don't got to tell your parents about this or where a 12 year old says, you know, I want to chop my dick off. I want to chop my tits off and the state, not only. who is, has a problem with that, they will lose custody of their child. The parent has no rights in California. They are taking away the rights of the parents. They want the government here to be the parent of the child, which, of course, is incredibly sick, incredibly twisted, but we're seeing it over and over and over again here. Once again, <laughs> I don't have any confidence things will change here because these are the people who are being elected here, right? What They have every confidence in the world that they'll continue to get elected or they wouldn't do things like this. Once again, this would not fly in any normal place. I would say this wouldn't fly even in places like New York, or Michigan. But here in California, it flies, it passes with flying colors because they know their constituents want this. Their constituents want this. They virtue signal this. They virtue signal this stuff. They believe, yes, a 12-year-old should have every right, every ability to get mutilated and the parent should not be able to stop them, and the parent should be criminalized if they try to stop them. That, yes, if a 12-year-old is not happy with their family life, they should be able to just leave. Emancipation at 12 years old. That's what people here believe. Or this, these people would not continue to get elected over and over and over again. It's sick out there and getting sicker. I can't tell you how this man makes my skin crawl. Scott Weiner. Um, should I? I wanted to go into some of the family. I wanted to go into some of the DeSantis stuff. Um, you know, there's. I guess we'll talk a little bit about it right now. We'll talk more about tomorrow's show. Also, have a film review. Haven't seen a have not a film review in a while, so I'm gonna do a film review tomorrow. But once again, we've seen Trump just uh, all of a sudden saying how horrible DeSantis is and just lying about his record after he promoted his record right for so many years and praised his record for so many years, as though we don't have videos of this stuff, but we actually do have videos of this stuff. But now that DeSantis is running against him, he's saying these idiotic things like DeSantis had closed everything down and DeSantis was pro-lockdown and DeSantis had mask mandates and COVID mandates when we know just the opposite is true, that DeSantis made mask mandates and COVID uh, vaccine mandates illegal in Florida. It was exactly the opposite. So, once again, we have the videos, and Trump knows that, but his cult, look, his cult, his voters are as dumb as Wiener's cult. 
They're as dumb and indoc- as indoctrinated into their cult as Wiener's cult is. So Wiener can do all of this horrible stuff and continue to get elected, and Trump can continue to lie and lie and lie and do say the opposite of what he just said six months ago because of his cult. They don't care. It doesn't matter. Like he said, he could stand in the middle of Times Square and shoot people, and his cult would still be with him. And he's right. There's no doubt about it. But here's a video. I thought this was pretty funny. Put up by DeSantis War Room, which is uh, basically just Trump uh, talking about uh, DeSantis and uh, Florida and uh, COVID stuff. Let Let me cue it up here. We're in a place called Florida, and we have a great governor, Ron DeSantis, who's done a, uh, a spectacular job in Florida. A terrific job. He just announced that the schools will be open in the fall. Enjoys very high popularity, and that's for a reason. The reason is he's doing a good job. And you're open, and you're open, and you didn't close, and you didn't close, and you're it's just amazing, right? This guy. A lot of people agree with what he's done. You guys aren't even open yet. What the hell is going on with your state? You know, Florida's open, Florida's open, Florida's open. Governor Ron DeSantis doing a fantastic job. You look at Florida, if you look at uh, South Carolina, if you look at so many different places that have opened up, I don't want to name all of them, but uh, the ones that are most energetic about opening, they are doing tremendous business. Ron DeSantis of Florida, the governor, doing a fantastic job in Florida. Great governor, knows exactly what he's doing. Look at what's going on in Florida. It's incredible. The job the governor of Florida has done, it's incredible. The numbers they're doing. A governor like Ron DeSantis of Florida is doing a great job. So Trump doesn't know that DeSantis is going to cut those ads. Doesn't know, doesn't know that. Doesn't know those videos exist from just last year, two years ago. It's obvious. I mean, it's, 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 he's a desperate man, Donald Trump. He really is. He's in the position where he has to say the opposite of what he just said a year ago, right? Where he has to say the opposite of reality, the opposite of what every Republican knows, right? And, uh, and try to get away with it. And it's, it's, it's just bizarre. It's just, it's just, once again, it's counting on your base, your cult, not caring. And whatever you say goes, right? Basically, that's it. Whatever you say is the truth. Whatever you say is reality. So we're seeing these on opposite sides, right? The the uh, Wiener people hate Trump. The Trump people would hate Wiener. But they're both the same, right? They both live in their own worlds where their leaders can lie and lie and lie and do horrible things and say the opposite truth, and they will continue to stick with them. So I want to make this clear. This is not about liberal or conservative. This is not about Democrat. Or Republican. This is about the cult. And this is about the cult mentality of my cult leader, leaders, whatever, can do no wrong. And this is not talked about much in this country. I think it's very unique to this country. I really do. I think this, I mean, cults in general are much bigger in the United States than any other country. Some of the biggest cult leaders like uh, David Koresh and Jim Jones came out of this country, not Canada, not Australia, for a reason. There's a pro- we have a problem in this country with indoctrination into cult thinking that they don't have in other countries. And it could be a myriad of things that I'm not going to go into at the end of this show. But it, it's, it's, it's simply um, a fact that it's much easier to indoctrinate in cults here 
right? We've seen it, right? Many cults, many different cults through the years. We also had the sixties. What's his name? The, uh, um, uh, the 60s with the oh, Manson, Manson, right? Another one, right? They all come from here because it's just so easy to indoctrinate people. And is it a lack of critical thinking? Possibly, right? Is it is it a weakness and insecurity? Possibly. It, it's all of these things. I'm not a psychologist. don't really want to get into it. I'm just throwing some things out there. But it's a fact that the cult thinking dominates in this country. It's so much easier to indoctrinate people into a cult where facts and reality do not matter. They do not matter. One more thing. This is Donald Trump also. I'm going to rub this in because uh, he doesn't care we have these videos, but I'm going to play them anyway. This is, <clears throat> if I can cue this up, this is, this is a Trump talking about what a great job DeSantis is doing and what a winner. He is. So, you know, Ron's been a friend of mine for a long time. He was a congressman, did an incredible job, always protecting me from the Russia witch hunt. He'd be on with these guys, with Matt and everybody. Uh, he'd be on there. And I always thought Ron was a little heavy. I, I thought he was a little overweight. That's okay. We all have our problems. Didn't matter. But people liked him. He ran an incredible race. Remember, that was an incredible race. And then he ran against a Democrat who was supposed to be unbeatable. He got beaten badly. And and now this is one of the most popular governors. But I always thought Ron was a little bit heavy. And then one day I'm with him and I pat him on the shoulder and I go, whoa, that's strong. That's a lot of muscle there. My hand didn't sink in like it does with a lot of people. And then I see him without a shirt one day. And this guy is strong, and he's not fat. That's all power. That's all muscle. I want to tell you that. And I said, Ron, you're one of the few I say it to. Don't walk around with a jacket all the time. Take it off. People are going to see the real Ron. But he's a great guy. He's a tough guy. He's a brilliant guy. And he's our governor, and I'm very proud when we got involved with Ron, a lot of people were saying, do you think he can make it? I said, he's going to make it because he's a champ. He's a winner. Okay. That's Trump being kind of weird. <clears throat> but um, basically it comes down to, you know, uh, he loves Ron DeSantis. He always loved Ron DeSantis. He loved Ron DeSantis until Ron DeSantis decided to run against the great Donald Trump. Then all of a sudden he didn't like DeSantis anymore. Now you could say that. You could say, look, I you know, I I'm running he's my he's my opponent now, so I'm not gonna kiss his ass anymore. Well, understood. You could say that, right? You could say he's my opponent now, I'm gonna find weaknesses. That's fine. You know, but you can't say he's my opponent now, so everything I said I said about him for three years doesn't really apply anymore. Because then you're the liar. So you're either lying then or you're lying now. And of course he's lying now. Okay. So either way, you're, you're, you're the liar, buddy. He doesn't seem to get that, right? Um, and that's the thing about Donald Trump. He just, his ego is so, like, um, this guy dare, it's, you know, it's like, it's like someone you love, right? You, you marry someone or you're in love with someone and they do something that's a scorn you and all of a sudden they're the worst person ever and all those great times, like they never existed. It's kind of a sick thing, you know? It's like, 
just admit it. Admit the guy was great, and he's running for president because he's a great governor. If he wasn't such a great popular governor that did everything right when everyone else was doing everything wrong, he wouldn't be running for president. Not yet, right? But that's why he can run for president. So just like admit reality. Admit reality and then show everyone why you're better. That's all. But he can't do that because he's a child. He's insecure. So these are things. That's what insecure people do, right? That's what they do. Oh, yeah. We were in love. We had so many good years. And now you suck and you're never good and you're always a fucking bastard. <laughs> it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a romance that went bad, you know. Uh, it's, it's sad. It really is. And it obviously doesn't work because we have these videos of him saying all these things, all these great things. I mean, these are going to be – there's so many ads that DeSantis is going to be able to cut, which is going to make Trump look like a total fool. Uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what this strategy is. But oh, something happened today that made me feel even better. There was an article in Newsweek. With Larry Hogan, remember Larry Hogan, the fake Republican from Mass- from from Maryland, talking about <laughs> DeSantis's campaign is almost over. He's running a horrible campaign. He's got to drop out any day. <laughs> and Newsweek runs with this uh, because it, it shows. Whenever I see a story like this um, out of a place like Newsweek or a mainstream media article, I, I love it. It makes me feel even better about DeSantis's chances because it shows how scared of him they are. They have to go to Larry Hogan, a fake Republican, by the way, who did everything the way like Gavin Newsom and Cuomo did in Maryland, even though he was Republican, totally locked down, totally authoritarian, mass vaccine passports, everything, fake Republican. Uh, talking about how, of course, DeSantis did everything the opposite of Larry Hogan, did it the right way, okay? And Florida's thriving and Maryland's a, a shithole. Baltimore's a, a fucking shit heap, you know? So it's like, that's why he hates Ron DeSantis, because Ron DeSantis, like, shit all over him <laughs> for all those years. So uh, kind of between a rock and a hard place, Hogan, because he doesn't like Trump. And he also doesn't like DeSantis, but it's like the opposite of reality. You got a guy like DeSantis who's making all of this money contributions up the wazoo. We have 15 Republicans in South Carolina today endorsing him. All these former Trump people are endorsing DeSantis. He's making tons of money. He's gaining in polls in battleground states like Iowa, New Hampshire. He has a great campaign going. Well, Trump has this awful campaign going. That makes no sense. There's no cohesion to it. In fact, tomorrow I'll play another video of Trump talking today, and he sounded like Kamala Harris. He made no sense whatsoever. But when I see those ridiculous hit pieces in Newsweek, absolutely. Remember, Newsweek is the same publication, just like most of the publications like that, that had these most outlandish stories of COVID, right? With 5%, you know, the 5% mortality rate, everyone's going to die, promoting masks, promoting vaccines. It was one COVID fear and hysteria false story after another. And now they're writing this ridiculous piece, which is the opposite of reality, that DeSantis' campaign is horrible and falling apart and is going to end any day. (laughs) And it makes me realize what a threat Ron DeSantis is to them and that he's going to win. I have zero doubt he's going to win. He's going to win the primary big. He's going to win the general election big. Destroy Trump, destroy Biden and be the next president. And they know that. So they have to try whatever they can to try to take him down. 
you know. So let's see more articles like that about how he's uh, campaigns on the verge of collapse. Let's see, let's see more articles like that. It's pretty funny stuff. Um, hey, Bill, you're back with us. Do you want to make a comment, Mike? I'm of course. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I think it's a little like Hotez who can't debate RFK Jr. Um, right, right. Trump, I, I really think the uh, census will stick to the issues away from the personal ad, ad hominem rants that Trump and and he'll he'll just show by his professionalism and you know yeah the man is a true politician. Trump has been an actor and a corrupt businessman his whole life. But so, it, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it really is though, Bill, like a scorned lover, right? Yeah. Where you say, oh, I never liked you. I was never in love with you. Then you show love letters. You're the love of my life. You're the best person. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. You know? And it's like all these love letters for this person who you supposedly now hate and never loved and is the worst person ever. It's, it's, so, it's so sad. It's really sad. I mean, it shows Trump does not follow advice because there's no way any real campaign manager would tell him this is the way to do it. Just pretend you never said anything good about this guy when there are all these videos of you saying these great things. Just a a real campaign manager would say, look, it's out there. Everyone knows you love this guy. Everyone knows Republicans love him. They think he did a great job. Good. Just tell everyone why you're better. That's all. Tell everyone why you're better. Tell all the accomplishments you did as president and you'll do it again. And, but he's obviously not listening to these people because he's insecure. Well, the bottom line is that his record can't hold up if, because in my opinion, uh, you know, 80% of his tax breaks went to the wealthy and it leaked out in Mar-a-Lago that he, he said, you know, I, just made a whole of you, a lot of you a lot richer. I mean, the, the, anyone, if DeSantis takes the gloves off and he, and he goes after Trump's cabinet and what his cabinet did and who assigned his cabinet, how Trump kept flipping them. And then he, he belittled his cabinet members. The Brett Baer, I think the establishment Republicans are going to be behind DeSantis. And, well, I, I'm yeah. not saying that that campaign tactic would work, but it would be better than this one. This is like the this is the most ridiculously laughable uh, campaign that I've yeah. ever seen in my life. So what you do is you say, look, you try to win based on your accomplishments, right? What you believe to be your accomplishments, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but or the other option would have been once once someone like Ron DeSantis, who's so young and so popular, and has such the wind that his back gets in, maybe you shouldn't be in anymore. Maybe 80 years old with two indictments lingering and probably more on the way. You should just not be in this. You shouldn't be running for president again, right? And well, that, that might have been the better option for Trump, but his ego is too big to, to, you know, to not run. I think the Brett Baer interview uh, laid, laid Trump out for who he is. And I think the more we're going to see this in debates, uh, you know, the Trump cult, group they're going to stick with them no matter what of course you know, so, but yeah. the, the others are already probably lining up behind the santas and and but santas uh, uh, rides at the top yeah as as someone on twitter today uh pointed out that cult is probably just one out of every 10 republican voters it's very small it, exactly percentage yeah. so it's going to be tough for him to win with just the cult right. you know um so that's the problem is that the cult is is not you know, if if you watch 
maybe Fox, you'll think it is, but the cult is maybe 10% mm -hmm. of the voters in the primary. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to get you through. It's not going to get I, him through. Yeah, I agree. I think, we're, you know, uh, in time, this will all uh, distill out and DeSantis will rise to the top. And he's the strongest candidate of all the other candidates, uh, in my opinion, far, at least for me, far stronger than Chris Christie or I don't even know the other candidates. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. That Chris Christie's running yeah. is, a, is, a, is a joke. I think Chris Christie is only running because he hates Trump and he wants to be able to criticize him Could as be. much as possible yeah. and get – press criticizing Donald Trump. So that's, I think that's Chris Christie's. It's kind of like a revenge tour against Trump. Um, Pence, who knows what his, he was vice yeah, president. So, so whatever, you know, um, you know, he'll, he'll try to push himself as the most statesmanlike sober choice. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it, most of this, most of this just when the seats open, people are going to run even though most of them know they have no chance of winning. They right. want to be able to get some publicity. They want to get their message out. They want to be able to be popular for a while, and they want to be in debates and be able to, you know, give their point of view, but they know they're not going to actually win. You know, so there's all that, you know. And, you know, as, as debates go along, you'll see there'll be fewer and fewer participants until probably at the end it's just DeSantis and Trump. You know, so, um, I mean, people think Trump is not going to debate I think that would be ridiculous, and I don't think it's going to happen because he needs to be on that stage, right? He needs to be on that stage. Trump cannot stand having all these people on that stage without him, especially knowing that many of them are going to be criticizing him. He needs to be on that stage defending himself and throwing punches. So I think there's no chance Trump's not going to debate, if, if only because of his ego, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's a situation where it's just I, I don't think it's a winnable thing for Trump. And I think that, you know, all he knows is to attack and it doesn't work with DeSantis because Republicans like him so much. And because there's so much of this stuff on record of him saying how great Ron DeSantis is, you know, so. Yeah, I just wanted to finish the McKinsey report just came out. I was reviewing it on. What's what's the situation with the homeless in San Francisco and what could be done about it? So that's a 2023 McKinsey, um, and I'm going to read it and like to talk to you more about it tomorrow and the next day. Yeah, and also tomorrow we're going to talk about. I know I didn't talk about this today. It was the uh, Schiff, uh, the Schiffy Schiff stuff, okay. you know, it's just the, the censuring of of Schiff, and also the I believe one of the House committees voting to uh, have an impeachment of of a Biden. Go ahead. So and we, we, we also haven't talked about um, Hunter. I'm, I'm really remiss yeah. not talking about Hunter Biden. But tomorrow we'll talk more about that stuff. And Great. Bill, you'll be here, too, I hope. Yeah, I will. Okay. <laughs> All right, Bill. Take right. it easy. I'll see you. All right. So, yeah, there's a lot more to talk about. Um, and uh, let me see here. Sorry. Yes. And so tomorrow we'll talk more about that. But, yeah, Schiff was uh, was, 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 it was censored, censured, censured. Where they say you're a bad boy and stuff, it's all right. I mean, it's it's something, and he is one of the most skeevy people. I I, I look at him and I see his eyes freak me out. They freak me out, you know. So, uh, and we know he lied for years about the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff. He knew he was lying about all this stuff. He never had any evidence, nothing, and uh, just dragged Trump. Through. Once again, I'm it's obvious. I'm not a Trump fan, but what Schiff did to him 
what the Democrats did to him with the two impeachments, what they've done to him with the two indictments is absolutely disgusting. And uh, I'm glad that, that Schiff is getting his, uh, his comeuppance. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I'll have more clips to play and we'll have a film review and all that stuff. But I think, uh, I think we've done enough for, for tonight. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, remember next week, Tuesday, Everything's in line for Tuesday to be my uh, 400th show. Four, we'll have a 400th show anniversary. I can't believe it's going to be 400 shows next week on Tuesday. But that's what it's going to be. Time flies. All right. That's enough for tonight. Uh, the name of this show is In Let's Be Heard, and it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. I'm Mike Cachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.